Hey, you hungry? This hockey season, Domino's has you covered. How about enjoying the game with a large four-topping pizza for only $11.99? But Domino's is more than just pizza. Add in some delicious side dishes like pasta or chicken wings. And don't forget to try the irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Whether it's watching the big game, in a hurry, or just because. Trust Domino's to satisfy that hunger. Head on over to dominoes.ca to order now. That's dominoes.ca. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. This is TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Welcome, everybody. Another edition of TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics. Myself at AndyMC81. We're on iTunes. You can go back to past episodes or if you miss any of this one, as well as on the TSN 1050.ca show page. Great show for you today. Uh, Travis Yost from TSN.ca will be by, as will Scott Cullen. With Heroes and Zeros, James Harding with our DraftKings and NHL.com Fantasy Hockey Talk. And we're going to try to connect to Carlo Koliakovo, 14-year NHL veteran, former Maple Leaf first-round pick. Now, he's over right now in Germany getting ready for a playoff game with Adler Mannheim. So he's over there. You know, he's on the bus. We're going to try to connect with Carlo uh, in about 15 minutes' time. So I'm texting with him right now. He said he's going to try to get uh, the riding on the team bus right now. So we're going to try to get Carlo to happen. If not, we'll record it off-air and post it on tsn1050.ca so you can uh, digest that later on. But it's a St. Patrick's Day edition, folks. St. Patrick's Day edition. Hey, how about that? So McNamara's band, as we welcome in Travis Yost. McNamara's band by Bing Crosby on the Domino's delivery line. Large four-topping pizza for just eleven ninety-nine. Visit Domino's.ca today. Travis, you got a little Irish in you today, buddy? Oh, I'm half Irish, so of course I do. Happy, happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Yes, happy St. Patrick's Day to you, but there's no uh, Yost band, but I do have a McNamara's band song for you. That's the best got, I can do. I've got a, I've got a good Carlo Koliakovo uh, stat. If oh. he does get on, okay. listen to this. I, I just looked it up out of sheer curiosity. Um, right before I jumped on. From 2007 to 2016, basically his last year of retirement, he had one season where he was outshot at 5-on-5. Five five. 53% shot player and a 2.5 percentage point better um, improvement to his team on shot differential over his entire career. That is insanely good. Wow. Really? All right. Hey, you yeah. know what? We'll bring that up to, to Carlo. I don't know if he knows that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 he, was a, he was one of those, if his career... I mean, he had an unbelievable career, but if his career started like five years later and he was, you know, kind of in the twilight of his career now, I think he would have been even higher, even more high value than, than he was. I, I just think there's a much more appreciation for these types of, you know, offensive defensemen who can really move the puck and generate shots. Totally agree. Uh, let's get to the heart race here. It was a conversation on uh, TSN 1050 this week and the checklist behind what constitutes a heart trophy winner. So I wanted to get your take, Travis, on what who first of all, who do you think is going to be the NHL MVP this year? But does that player necessarily have to be on a playoff team? Is that on the checklist for you? I really well, can I say well, let me preface this by answering with one question. I really wish the league would just make a final decision in terms of most valuable player or best player and just yes. create very granular specific language so that because my issue right now, and this is where I really struggle to fault voters. 
Like, at least for, like, the Norris or the Vezina, it's pretty clear what you're trying to do. You're trying to find the best player at the position. Whereas with, with the heart, it almost sounds like you have to be the best, but you kind of have to be on a good team, too, which that, that criteria really doesn't exist, for at least not to that degree, for other, for other uh, players. Uh, my MVP is Connor McDavid. I, like, he's the best player in the league, and that, that's kind of the way I, I vote down that line. Now, if you told me that I can only consider playoff-caliber players – uh, I, I really would take a hard look at Nikita Kucherov. Um, I, I just think he's had an unbelievable year. I'm not sure that I really buy the oh, – look, he plays on a great line, and that Tampa Bay team is great. But it, there, there's a lot of evidence that Kucherov is a fantastic player with or without Stamkos. It's a lot like Brad Marchand in, 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 in Boston. Remember that debate that raged for like four years about, you know, Bergeron carries Marchand? And, and there's no doubt that Bergeron helps his game, but it, it was never to the degree that it was inferred. Um, so I, you know, I, again, it, it, it makes heart trophy voting difficult. I would much, I would really, really prefer if the league said we want the best player in the league. That is what the heart is, and then they came up with a playoff MVP. Like that, that's, that's yeah. essentially what. What you, if you stratify between the two, it's clear as day. You pick the best player in the regular season, and then the best player in the playoffs, which subsets to the players who are in the playoffs. That that's and that to me has always been reasonably crystal clear, but I know there's a lot of other arguments on this subject. Yeah, I'm totally with you, Travis, because it is two different things. If you're the most valuable to your team, so for example, Taylor Hall with New Jersey, right? Like if you, to, to me, that means if you're the most valuable to your team, that means if you're taken away, it's over. And I think you can make that argument, obviously, for Connor McDavid with the Oilers, also for Hall with the, with the Devils. But, but yeah, like, like let's say Sidney Crosby, uh, best player in the world, but if you take him away, the Penguins can still do some things. You know what I mean? Like that, That's where it kind of gets tricky. Yeah, I think, I think Taylor Hall is probably the best example. Now, Taylor Hall is not the best player in the league. Taylor Hall's had an unbelievable year, and he is exceedingly, extremely valuable to the New Jersey Devils. And if you're saying it needs to be a hybrid between a, a, an elite player that's also on a good team, then Taylor Hall, and, and by the way, the argument is basically with or without. So how much marginal value do you add to your team's performance? then Taylor Hall is definitely in the top three or top four of that argument. But if we're really just trying to say who the best player is, then Taylor Hall probably slides down to, I don't know, seventh, eighth, ninth, yeah. whatever, whatever that looks like. And that's still an unbelievable season for him. It's just the argument around Taylor Hall is he's had a fantastic season and New Jersey is very reliant on him um, to win games. And uh, if, if you're talking about valuable, then Taylor Hall makes sense there. But if you strip that away and you say what's the best player, then he'll probably, Hall probably slides down a bit. In conversation with Travis Yost from TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost. So when it comes to Stanley Cup favorites, there's been plenty of chatter on this show about the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Bruins. But this week on TSN.ca, you dove into the Western Conferences, the top dog, the Nashville Predators. And the Preds became the first team to clinch a playoff spot last night. They currently have a four-point lead uh, for the President's Trophy. What's made last year's lowest playoff seed one of the top teams in the NHL this year? Uh, a lot of things, but they, they are an absolute wrecking ball right now. And I, I know it's not a hot take to say that Nashville is probably the best team in the league, but right now I actually think the, there is a gulf between them and Tampa Bay and Boston. That, that is how good Nashville is playing right now. If you look at their performance from basically October through today and you graphed out their, their goal differentials, their shot differentials, their scoring chance differentials, whatever you want it to look at, it is literally, and don't take my word for it, read the piece on TSN.ca, it is literally a, sh- a linear line upwards. So they've went from like a 50, 51% team 
to start the year. Now, granted, they didn't have Ryan Ellis. They were missing a couple players due to injury. Um, they, they were still, they were playing decent hockey, winning the majority of games, but not, not to the degree that they are right now. They have since in the last 25 games, they are getting 56, 57% of the shots, 67% of the goals. And this is, again, this is over 25 games and actually longer now. Once you count the last couple of games, it's closer to 30. If you're getting 67% of the goals over 30 games, I, that is, that is not just the best team in the league. That's one of the better teams in the modern era. Um, I think a lot of it has to come down to a couple things here. I think the Kyle Turris trade has really helped them. It provided the incremental depth. <laughs> Two players, um, I, I, not, not to nitpick, but this is kind of what you need to do with Stanley Cup contenders. They had two players that were really not helping performance in their depth to start the year. Cody McLeod was one of them. They've effectively him. I think he's in New York now. Um, so they, they've rebuilt their, their depth, their third and fourth lines. And they got Ryan Ellis back, and it's given them those three, you know, two elite and three quality pairings in front of a goaltender who's also playing above, I think, what anyone anticipated in Pekka Rinne. I mean, I, a couple of years ago, I think there was an argument that Pekka Rinne was playing himself into a maybe I'm not a starter in the league anymore type of role, and he's been fantastic this year, probably the biggest surprise from Nashville. Um, I, I don't think anyone's surprised that they play – you know, they, that their skaters are dominating for the most part, but we add that to goaltending, and they're, they're just incredibly tough to beat. Uh, one other thing I will add that I think is subtle but really, really interesting with Nashville. The, the Predators, my argument with the Predators, they are the best five-on-five team in the league. That, that, that to me is not close. You know, you count, like, all situations. Tampa Bay looks a little better because of the power play, and there's a few other teams in that bucket. But five-on-five, no one wants Nashville. Nashville is better than every team in the league five-on-five. They have cut their penalties against by nearly 40% to start the year. So they were taking roughly three and a half to four penalties a game um, to start the year, and now they're around one and a half to two per game, which, which is insanely low. And, that, and that's on, again, on a rolling 25-game basis. So, again, that, that's another four, five, six minutes. They're playing at five-on-five five and just dominating every other team in that state instead of killing penalties. All right, Travis, and last one for you here. Listen, we've been praising the Vegas Golden Knights all year, rightfully so, but it's been a tough march. They're playing 500 hockey. They're 4-5-1 in their last 10. They've lost their last two, gave up eight goals to the Devils on Wednesday. Last night they fall to the Wild. Are we starting to see some cracks in this expansion team? Um, I, I don't know about cracks. They, they obviously aren't playing their best hockey. That, that, that much is obvious, but... They they are dealing with it they, in the last few weeks. They have been dealing with a few injuries, so that's number one. Right. Number two, you know, don't discount the fact this the one thing that though there's two things that has perplexed me about Vegas this year. I still don't understand the Ryan Reeves trade, and I would swear on anything that something is going to true them up this summer because the deal still doesn't make sense. That's the one thing. But put that aside. The other thing is I, I get that they are not in a they don't want to be in a panic position, but man. They've, they've had a fifth-string goalie play a lot more hockey than I thought he would ever play for Vegas. And, you know, the cluster injuries you really couldn't have ever forecasted in October. But, you know, I'm watching the New Jersey game. And Legacy, like, you know, I'm sure he's a fantastic guy, but he's, he's just not an NHL goaltender, and he never has been. I mean, he's, he coming into that New Jersey game, he was stopping 87% of shots, which would get you ran out of the league in any organization. Hmm. Um, and, and I think that number actually came down after the New Jersey game. And, and again, we're talking, I feel like, with like 15 games of action point so you know they, they've never they haven't maybe they don't care maybe they just know that Malcolm Subban is coming back or Oscar Dons can pull, fill that plug in the playoffs as a backup behind Fleury um Fleury's also had a, a few a uh, couple rough games here of late as well but they've, they, they really haven't fixed it they've kind of punted on that issue and I bet if you went back 
to the beginning of the season. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I, I think they would have been a little bit more aggressive in trying to find at least an AHL goaltender within another organization to bring him in because, you know, he, he's cost them a few points in the standings. And, you know, you can't blame him. He, he's not supposed to be in this role. It's really not his fault. But it has definitely hurt Vegas a little bit in the standings. All right, Travis. Good stuff, buddy. Let's do it again next week. All right, take care, Andy. All right, Travis Yost, the half-Irishman from TSN.ca. Always a great follow on Twitter, at Travis Yost. We're going to take the break, then calling in from Germany on the team bus with his club, Adler Mannheim, getting ready for a playoff game. Former Maple Leaf first-round pick, Carlo Koliakovo, will join me next on TSN Hockey Analytics. Going again in front. Schwartz lost to Koliakovo. He scores! Welcome back to TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN at 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. Get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81. And the gentleman's goal, you heard right there. Joining me now on the Domino's delivery line, get a large four-topping pizza for just $11.99. Delivery or carryout, visit dominoes.ca. And this would be a heck of a delivery because he's coming all the way from Germany. He's on the team bus for Adler Mannheim. Clutch call in by Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, how's it going, brother? <laughs> hey, thanks for this. Awesome introduction. Oh man, well Doing no, great. We, we appreciate you taking the time, and we know you're you're busy. Uh, so you're on your way to uh, the team hotel. Did you play last night? Yeah, we actually had a uh, we we're in uh, playoffs right now. We played game two at home, and uh, we had a double overtime win last night. Oh. And uh, as you can tell with my voice, that I haven't had much sleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a long day of travel right now, and actually we're just about to pull into the hotel here. So uh, we're up two nothing in the series. We uh, find ourselves in a pretty good position going into Game Three tomorrow. So um, you know, looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations, and we'll be cheering for you back here in Toronto. Now, uh, Travis Yost from TSN.ca, one of our, our regular analytics gurus, he knew you were coming on. So in the first segment about five minutes ago, he pulled up. Uh, a, a, a Carlo Koliakovo advanced stat. I don't know if you know this. We're going to play this. Uh, have, a, have a listen from Travis earlier today. From 2007 to 2016, basically his last year of retirement, he had one season where he was outshot at 5-on-5. Five 53% five. shot player and a 2.5 percentage point better um, improvement to his team on shot differential over his entire career. That is insanely good. Carlo, you're an analytics darling. Did you know that? I did not. Does uh, Travis want to be my agent? <laughs> he might. He might. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him. Now, does that mean anything to you? Because your career is, is interesting in the timeline that when the summer of analytics kind of came up, that was 2014. Did you pay any attention to underlying numbers or stats? Like, Did that become progressively a thing for players throughout your career? Um, as a player, and even for myself, I never really um, put too much thought into it because at the end of the day, you could be throwing all kinds of numbers in your face, but for me, it's all about the eye test, whether the guy can play or not. And I think that's what I believe a lot of coaches and a lot of people involved in the game really look at. I mean, if you're a smart educator of the game and you watch a lot of hockey, you'd be able to tell which players can uh, help your team win and uh, can give you what you need on a nightly basis. But um, obviously analytics have um, 
taking a big uh, step forward in the game of hockey, and a lot of people lean uh, towards it. Um, maybe somebody should sow people in hockey the stats uh, that you just presented to me, and maybe they'll get me a job back right. in the NHL. But um, <laughs> that's that's where you know that's a perfect example of uh, how much you can use analytics. I mean, um, analytics can give you some different information that you want about certain players, but at the end of the day, it's um, you got to put the best lineup on the ice that helps you win uh, nightly bases, and I think that's what most coaches go towards. Right, and I think with with numbers like that, it can be part of the conversation. And we've we've kind of come from having the the hardcore analytics and then the hardcore hockey guys to over the last few years kind of blend them together. Where, as you said, the eye test is still very important, but if you can complement that with more information, then that's that's always powerful, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you would think so. I mean, that's what people um, within each organization sometimes get hired for, mm-hmm. provide that extra information on players. I mean, I know um, just from um, life experiences that certain players around the league during free agency get big contracts just based on their analytics. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, could be an unfair assessment because, um, you know, sometimes stats, and especially in hockey, I don't think stats have that much of a toll. Uh, compared to how the player can play the game, uh, especially with the way the game is changing, uh, with how fast and how young it's becoming, um, do you really put much um, emphasis on analytics and, and certain numbers of the game that really doesn't doesn't really transpire when the game's going 100 miles mm-hmm. an hour on the ice? In conversation with Carlo Koliakovo, 14-year NHL veteran, former Maple Leaf first-round pick, on Twitter, at Carlo Koliakovo, calling us all the way from Germany in his Adler-Mannheim club off of a double OT playoff win last night. So, Carlo, take me through, you're in Germany now, and we mentioned how analytics and advanced stats have kind of become a thing in the NHL over the last few years and really incorporated itself. Is there any of that in your German league? Like, is that brought up? Are there different stats that are used compared to the NHL? Um, I haven't heard or seen much of it here. I mean, here in Europe and especially in Germany, it's more of a weekend league where you're playing mostly Fridays and Saturdays. And uh, I think this year, it's uh, you know, we, we experienced something totally different. We were playing more uh, more games during the week because of the condensed schedule for the Olympics. Hmm. Um, so there really isn't that much time to put. And obviously, there's there's not the staff either to, to focus on um, those kind of things like you would have in on a normal NHL club. So um, it's 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 a different game over here. You're playing on the bigger ice. Um, there's a lot less hitting. It's more about skill and puck control and how to manage certain areas of the ice with the time and space that you have. And um, you know, you in the NHL, you have a variance of, of different nationalities in the team. Where in Europe, you're you're faced with an import rule where you can only have a certain number of uh, players outside your your nationality of the country. So um, I think when they're putting together teams here, they just try to look for the best player and not focus on uh, those certain analytics that maybe um, teams in North America uh, use uh, the information for. So, um, you know, Europe is, a, like I said, it's, it's, it's a different game than what uh, North America provides. Uh, and you know, if you get a chance to watch, I mean, you watch some of the Olympics, uh, you definitely know why. No doubt. And, uh, Carla, we'll give you one last one here, and then we'll let you get going off uh, off the bus. Just tell us a little bit about your your time in Germany. How's the the, the fan base, the, um, the the caliber competition, the atmosphere there? Like, what is it? What is it like? Can you describe that to people back home? 
Yeah, you know what? I've enjoyed it so much. Um, you know, for the last couple of years of my NHL career, I've, I'm I'm very grateful to this day to play 14 years and uh, never take it for granted. And um, always had aspirations to play overseas before my career ended. And I'm glad I made that decision to come last year. I'm uh, playing for a really, really great organization in, in uh, Mannheim here in Germany. Uh, we have an NHL rink that uh, we get almost 12,000 fans every game in the wow. Soto Barn. And, um, you know, the European crowds are, are, are pretty awesome to play in front of. Uh, all game, they're on their feet, they're chanting, they're screaming, they're singing, and uh, they really make it a fun atmosphere for as a player to play in front of. And uh, the, the quality of hockey has, has surprised me a lot. It's uh, a lot better than I ever imagined it would be, and it's only getting better because uh, as older players are being pushed out of North America, uh, more of those uh, players are coming over here and um, making the game greater and, and more competitive for the for the for the game over here and for the league. And, um, I don't think the DL gets enough credit for how good it is. Um, I think the way you um, well, the way most people watch Germany win a silver medal, they could easily want a gold. And yeah. part of the reason for that is because DL is a really good league and um, they have some really good players. And um, you know, it's, a, it's it's been a lot of fun for me. And um, I want to play as long as I can. And, want to have a really good run this year. We've got a really good team, and we've got uh, a good chance to, to win here, and uh, our focus is doing that right now, and uh, we put ourselves in a good position with the 2 nothing series lead right now. Is there a way, can we watch online or anything back home? I'd love to see the next the next game. Is that? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I mean, a website that I use and tell friends about is called livetv.ru. Okay. Um, you can find a lot of uh, uh, European uh, games throughout the throughout every league uh, on that website, and uh, obviously, if you go on to telecom.com uh, or telecomsport.com, uh, is the host website for the DL league, and uh, you can watch uh, games on there too. And I think you need an account, but maybe I I heard a rumor that uh, for playoffs there. Allowing people to watch for free. Oh. Uh, they want to expand the, the product of the game. Um, it's actually pretty awesome. I mean, almost all games uh, are, are high definition, and uh, it's sort of run like the NHL Game Center. And uh, you know, it's good for me because my family back home gets to watch. Yeah. With the time change, it's afternoon games there for my parents and for my friends and family. So um, you know, it's been uh, it's been good, and they they provide a good quality here, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy it as long as I can. Absolutely. Well, man, you know what? We'll tweet out the the link. Uh, when's your next game? Uh, uh, we play tomorrow. Tomorrow. So we'll, we'll tweet yeah. out that link, and uh, we'll have people watching along. Great. And you can order clothes, too. These are some sharp unis, man. You got shirts, golf shirts, yeah. all that. I like them. Yeah, no. so yeah we'll, thanks, man. We'll, we'll, we'll represent you if you want to uh, ship a couple back for us, brother. Don't worry about it. We'll, hey, I, that'd be awesome, man. <laughs> we could use all the support we could get. Absolutely. Uh, well, Carlo, get some rest. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the time, and good luck in the rest of the series. Hey, thanks a lot, man. It was a pleasure joining you guys, and uh, let me know if you uh, want to get me on again or Absolutely. in the future. 100%. All right, sir. Enjoy yeah, the buddy. game. That is Carlo Koliakovo, all the way from Germany. Team bus, what a guy. Uh, he could have said, Andy, I'm busy. We're, uh, double overtime, I'm up late. Carlo Koliakovo showed up, showed out, telling us the difference between the NHL, European League, and taking us around. And I will tweet out. We'll find that link in uh, game time and tweet it out so we can cheer on 
Toronto's own Carlo Koliakovo and Adler Mannheim as they go uh, f- further in the playoffs there. So we'll take the break, get into some fantasy hockey talk with James Harding from DraftKings and NHL.com. That is coming up next on TSN Hockey Analytics. Get the meaning behind the numbers and more. You're listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. McKinnon back up top for Barry. Abs are set up. Back to the near side. McKinnon walks top of the slot. Far circle. Shot score! Miko Rantanen! Miko Rantanen! The one-timer from the dot. It's a power play goal. And the Avs have taken the 3-2 lead. Welcome back to a St. Patrick's Day edition of TSN Hockey Analytics. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN radio network. Of course, get us on Twitter at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. If you missed any of the show, like Carlo Koliakovo joining us all the way from Germany, we'll tweet out the links there. You can also find it on iTunes and TSN1050.ca. Let's head to the Domino's delivery line. And remember, folks, get a large four-topping pizza for just eleven ninety-nine. Side dishes, dessert, like the marbled cookie brownie. Delivery or carryout, visit Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. James Harding from DraftKings and NHL.com, our fantasy hockey expert. James, usually you're the one who's the farthest away calling in from New York. Carlo Koliakovo had you beat. He was all the way in Germany. Well, you know, I hear he uh, just wanted to get a head start on drinking for St. Patrick's Day, so he just had to go a little bit further east, you know? Right, he just moved it. And, and listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. I know you're a bit under the weather, but you're a grinder, right? You're going to grind it out with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get to it. I appreciate it. Okay, let's start with... Stock up. Stock down. All right, James. So looking into this weekend, two stock up players in the fantasy world. Yeah, first stock up option that I like this weekend from the Rangers, Chris Kreider. Uh, four points, uh, two power play points and three shots on goal in a huge game against the Penguins on, on Wednesday. Contributed in all four of the Rangers' goals in their overtime win against the Penguins. Um, you know, he has points in two of his past uh, three games and, and eight points, uh, two goals and six assists. Uh, in his eight, past eight games in total, uh, skating on a very, very underrated first line right now with Mika Zibanejad and uh, Jesper Faust. Uh, Zibanejad himself, only 39% owned in Yahoo League and has six points in his past three games. So I, I like what the Rangers are doing right now. Even though they're far out of the playoffs, they're giving a lot of their young guys a chance to really step up and, and get a lot of playing time. So, you know, down the stretch of the fantasy season and and when you get especially into um, a lot of DraftKings contests as of late, uh, I think Kreider, with where his salary is, has been a really uh, fantastic target. And you look at the Rangers, they have three ga- uh, games this week, and then they have uh, another um, seven over the final two weeks of the season. So ten games left for a guy like Chris Kreider uh, is somebody that fantasy owners should be targeting. And my second guy is Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, back-to-back multi-point games for the Canadians, uh, two assists, one power play assist in each of those games. Uh, he has points in three of his past four games and ten points in his past nine games overall with three power play points. So Kreider and Galchenyuk are my two stock-up guys of the week. All right, so stock-up, who are we staying away from in stock-down? Stock-down, and this one was a little tough because there are a lot of really high-end players who haven't been 
uh, playing a lot of matchups lately, so they haven't been scoring as much. But but one guy who I'm kind of down on right now is Leon Dreisaitl from the Oilers. Uh, he's scoreless in back-to-back games and in three of his past four. He has tough matchups in back-to-back games this weekend against both the Florida Panthers tonight and uh, in Tampa Bay tomorrow. And then in the next week, he also has unfavorable matchups against the Carolina Hurricanes and the Los Angeles Kings. So four matchups in the next week against uh, playoff contending teams. So I, I don't like where Dracidal is right now. They have been splitting him up every once in a while as of late from Connor McDavid. And you do see a little bit of a drop-off in his production uh, with that when he is uh, separated from McDavid at even strength. And then my second player from Minnesota, defenseman Ryan Suter, uh, four-game pointless drought, uh, and he has no points in six of his past eight games. He does have four points in that stand, but that came in back-to-back multi-point games, so no other points uh, in his past eight games outside of those two. And he has not been getting... Ryan Suter-like category coverage that we're used to from a player of his caliber. Only 11 shots on goal and 11 block shots in that span. So on the defensive side where his salary is in DraftKings in the high 4,000s, low 5,000s, I think there are better options. In conversation with James Harding, that was Stock Up, Stock Down. He comes to us from DraftKings and NHL.com on Twitter at Harding underscore hockey with all your fantasy hockey tips. Okay, James, so over the last few weeks we've been going across Canada starting in the West, and each week we pick a Canadian team and get a player or two that you want to focus on fantasy-wise for the weekend. Now, the Maple Leafs are interesting against Montreal because the way the Canadians have been playing this year, this usually should be a, a fantasy feast, but you have Nikita Zaitsev out, goaltender Freddie Anderson skated today, but is out. Leo Komarov is day-to-day. He won't play. Austin Matthews still will not play. So for the Maple Leafs, who do you like tonight? Because there could be some value buys with some key people out. Absolutely. Uh, The guy who I like the most for the Maple Leafs tonight is actually Tyler Bozak. Um, Value center, only $4,200 in DraftKings, but he has a three-game point streak going right now. He scored a goal against the Sabres on Thursday night and then uh, had a two-point game against uh, the Stars on Wednesday, and then earlier this week, another assist against the Penguins. So uh, four points in his last three games. Uh, in a favorable matchup tonight against Montreal, he has two assists and two shots on goal in two games against the Canadians this season. And he's skating on a very underrated line up there with James Van Riemsdyk and Connor Brown. So I, I like the pairing of Bozak and Van Riemsdyk. They have had a, a solid chemistry this season, even though they haven't put up really spectacular offensive numbers uh, uh, together, but both of them have been producing as of late. And at $4,200, Bozak is a great value center for uh, a lineup looking to plug somebody in in that price range, either as a center or as a utility slot player. So I really like Tyler Bozak tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that pick there, James, because of how hot Van Riemsdyk has been, what, five goals the last couple games? Like, he's been on fire. And, of course, line mates can benefit from that. And Bozak as a setup guy. So that makes a whole lot of sense. And do you like doing that? Like, if there's, at times, if, if let's say, in this case, a winger is hot, but the centerman who might be able to benefit from some assist fantasy points, uh, pairing them up if, if you have a hot uh, a player beside them, is that something you, you track and look to try to benefit from? 
Absolutely. With a, with a guy like Bozak and, and Van Riemsdyk, when, when one is hot, you should expect the other one even just to get opportunities. I'm, I'm not as high on, on Brown as the third member of that line, but as a value duo stack between Van Riemsdyk and, and Bozak, I believe Van Riemsdyk is uh, in the $6,000 range, so $6,100. So when you put the two of them together, a $10,000 salary cap hit for uh, a solid scoring duo like them in a favorable matchup. When you look at Van Riemsdyk, what he's done, uh, as you said, you know, seven goals in his past ten games and two goals in two games against the Canadians this season. So, you know, four points between the two of them in two games against the Canadians is a solid enough uh, stack that I would put the two of them in my lineup together. There you go, folks. JVR and Bozak in your DraftKings lineup tonight. All right, James, get better, buddy. We'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. James Harding from DraftKings and NHL.com. You got any fantasy hockey questions? He'll take care of you. You can tweet him at jharding underscore hockey. We'll take the break. Wrap up the program with Heroes and Zeros with TSN.ca Scott Collin. That's coming up. TSN Hockey Analytics. And he'll clear it up the near side, not out. It's centered in front. Kane scores. The Sharks whip the puck to the Flames net. Evander Kane goes there and knocks it in. He's got four goals tonight, and the Sharks have a 6-3 lead. Big night for Evander Kane, but is it enough to crack him into our hero lineup in the upcoming Heroes and Zeros? Back to wrap up, TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050 Toronto across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow us on Twitter at TSN Analytics at AndyMC81 if you missed any of the show. Like Carlo Koliakovo, former first-round pick of the Maple Leafs, 14-year NHL vet, calling us from Germany. If you missed that, you can find it there. We'll tweet out the link as well as on the TSN1050.ca show page and on iTunes. Joining us now on the Domino's delivery line, large four-topping pizza, folks, just eleven ninety-nine. Grab one this weekend for delivery or carryout. Check out all the deals at Domino's.ca. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Scotty, how's it going? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well. So Evander Kane on the lead in, but he's not <laughs> in our heroes list. Well, you know, I I run a tight ship here, and yeah, uh, you know, sometimes Evander Kane, even even with his big performance, didn't quite uh, didn't quite make it this week. But um, Miko Rantanen does. Yeah, that's right. And, and look, great for Evander Kane to score four goals. But you know who's the leading scorer this month in the NHL? Miko. That would be Miko Rantanen. Yeah. Uh, 16 points in eight games, and uh, his, his Corsi in that time is only 51%, but it's best on the avalanche, uh, 54% of the scoring chances, and when he's on the ice at five-on-five five in those eight games, uh, the avalanche have outscored the opposition 12-1. to one. Now, obviously, uh, Randon has benefited from playing alongside Nathan McKinnon. Um, you know, McKinnon's on, you know, making a real push here to, to be included in the Hart Trophy uh, yeah. discussion, but I think it's it's worth noting here that Ranton is not just along for the ride. He's uh, he's definitely pulling his weight as a is a very solid uh, offensive contributor. Um, you know, a guy who's young, six foot four, uh, has lots of skill and has seventy five points in seventy games. Um, so so Nathan McKinnon is not doing this alone. Now, one of the our second hero belongs to one of two teams with the dubious distinction of being already eliminated from the playoffs in the Arizona Coyotes. Oliver Ekman Larson. Yes, which is fantastic because the Coyotes are, are starting to play well. Yeah, which is ju- just in time. Just in time. Um, you know, <laughs> as you've been eliminated from any uh, type of playoff contention, uh, the Coyotes have been on a pretty good roll, and Ekman Larson has been uh, playing pretty well as well. In the past fifteen games, he has thirteen points. 
getting 58% of uh, shot attempts, 62% of the scoring chances with him on the ice. And that, you know, you know, he plays the, um, the toughest minutes for, for Arizona. So the fact that they're dominating play, uh, so heavily with him on the ice is, um, I guess a real tribute to how good Ekman Larson is, but at the same time, these wins for Arizona really seem to be, I mean, you don't want to say ill-advised. I mean, a team should be trying to win, but you're basically just costing yourself uh, spots in the lottery by winning now. So those are the heroes. Now to the zeros, and Ryan Kessler of the Anaheim Ducks, just one goal in his past five games. Well, not just the past five; it's past fifteen. Oh boy! He, but he, but he, he scored last night, which I, I, I almost it. took him. I almost took him off the zeros list. But come on now. Yeah. Um, one goal in the past fifteen games, oh. only one assist, forty-eight percent Corsi, forty-six percent of the scoring chances. Look, this is, um, you know, a guy who, who missed the first half of the season with injury, and you know, when you try and come back into the uh, to join the NHL kind of mid-season, I think. Most players find it really difficult, and I think if you're a player who's uh, on the north side of 30, uh, you definitely find it more difficult. And, and that, I think that's what's happened with with Kessler for for the most part this season. He has, he has 10 points in 34 games. Uh, is getting beat up uh, in terms of possession, uh, and you know you can look at a guy who's 33 trying to to catch up to a league that's already in uh, in full speed. Uh, and I just don't think he's there yet. And the final zero, Andrew Ladd. Now I'm looking. Here, Scotty, am I correct to see that he has only one goal this year? In the, in the 2018, yeah, I think that's a... Like, like, like as, as the calendar flipped, like, since January? Yeah. yeah. Yikes. That's, uh, it, it's been a lean stretch here for Andrew Yeesh. Ladd. And, like, he, he has one goal in his past 17 games. And, and over that time, I mean, only has one assist, too, but he also... He's got a 51% Corsi, which obviously isn't terrible, uh, but only 43% of the scoring chances. So he's hmm. certainly not getting high-quality high, high quality opportunities. Uh, when he's out there, and I guess that would somehow explain the uh, uh, the inability to put the puck in that. And then he, Andrew Ladd's an interesting case because you go back to that uh, summer a couple years ago when a bunch of free agent wingers signed for pretty big money, and I don't know if anybody is happy with what they got. You know, Andrew Ladd was with the Islanders, not working out very well. Kyle Pozo not working out very well with the Sabres. He's had some injury problems. Louis Erickson not doing a whole lot for Vancouver. Milan Lucic not doing much for Vancouver, or sorry, for Edmonton. And so you have all these guys who, who teams invested long-term big money deals uh, a couple of summers ago, and uh, you're not getting a whole lot for it. And, and certainly Andrew Ladd's recent performance with uh, the Islanders is, is exhibit A. That was Heroes and Zeros in conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca joining us on the Domino's delivery line. Follow Scotty on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Let's go to your snapshot, the power rankings here, Scotty. And beginning with the Maple Leafs, up from nine to eight, the wins have been coming back, but they have this, this could be, be interesting because you have uh, Nikita Zaitsev and Freddie Anderson. They skated today, won't play. Leo Komarov, day to day. Austin Matthews still there. It's a good thing the Habs are in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. You know, if you need to feel good about yourself, uh, let, let the Montreal Canadiens roll in. Right. And, but you're you're right. Like the, these injuries uh, are certainly an issue, and and I think you know the Leafs, you know, for all the the hopes they might have coming into the playoffs, uh, if Austin Matthews isn't healthy, I think you can pretty much pack them up and yeah. <laughs> send them yeah. on their way. Right? There's there's no real expectations for this team without Austin Matthews, and, and frankly, not without Freddie Anderson either. Uh, I mean, Anderson has been. Um, you know he's played a lot, uh, and for the most part has been really good. You know, went through a bit of a slump uh, recently, but I think you know overall you have to be pretty happy with with what he's provided. Um, 
and you know, I mean, you can. This is the the luxury of the Maple Leafs is that they have the depth. Right, if Leo Komarov's injured. They've got guys who can, who right. can fill in on the wings. This is you know one of their great strengths is they have lots of. You know, Josh Levo can't get into the lineup for uh, you know for thirty games at a time, but then you know when you're really in need, he's there. And mm-hmm. you know you grab Andreas Johnson from um, from the AHL, and you know so you've got. Um, depth to, to deal with some of those issues up front. But I think, you know, in, until you get Austin Matthews back, until Freddie Anderson's uh, healthy, um, you know, the, the Leafs are not, you know, quite operating at, uh, at their full powers. Now, of course, you, you play against Montreal, and as bad as the season has been going for Montreal, they're probably in even worse shape injury-wise. You know, I mean, with no Carey Price and Shea Weber, that's, that's the excuse that's being kind of laid out for oh, how, sure. how, how this season has gone down, down the tubes for them. Uh, but there are all kinds of other uh, issues there, including other injuries, like Philip Deneau is injured, and Max Pacioretty is injured, and um, you know, the, you know, this is a Canadian team that really doesn't have the depth to handle those kinds of things in the first place, so um, yeah, this is uh, not, not a bad opportunity for the Leafs. Uh, the interesting part about the Habs uh, is that uh, they somehow, uh, in all the negatives that have gone on this year, they have a positive, is that Antti Niemi, who <laughs> was terrible last year and was terrible at the start of the year and kind of waved around through a couple of teams, has landed in Montreal and in 15 games with Montreal has a 930 save percentage. Um, that seemingly comes out of nowhere, uh, <laughs> given how given how he's played for the past couple of seasons. Uh, but I guess the you know, and, and this goes to I guess uh, small samples with goaltenders because um, I still wouldn't really trust Antti Niemi for for any length of time. But uh, he's actually played pretty well for Montreal when given the chance. And last one for you here, Scotty. So we got uh, in your power rankings on TSN.ca in the snapshot. Predators uh, stay at number one. Tampa Bay remains at number two. Now the Jets have leapfrogged the Boston Bruins. They swap Jets up three, uh, to third spot above Boston there. Why, like the Jets have had a great year, obviously, but any particular reason why you, why you put them above Boston? Really, the injuries are starting to, to hit Boston yeah. a, a little bit harder lately. Like I'm, I'm when fully healthy, I, I'm. I'm still kind of I'm with Boston pushing, you know, for the very top spot. But you know they're already missing Patrice Bergeron, Charlie McAvoy, uh, Zdeno Chara, and Jake DeBrus got hurt uh, this week. Uh, and so at that point, you know, you're starting to miss some some pretty significant players. You know, that's two, you know basically your top pair on defense and two of your top six forwards. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know, and it's not like Winnipeg is you know living the life of luxury without uh, without injuries. Like Mark Scheifele's still out. They've got a few other guys out, but they also got Jacob Truba back from injury. Um, you know, and, and that's that should be a, a pretty big uh, positive for them. You know, Truba, uh, you know, I would say is, is the number one defenseman for for Winnipeg, and uh, they didn't exactly play him uh, heavy minutes in his return. He was under 15 minutes, which is a season low. But uh, I think uh, the fact that he's available um, gives the Jets maybe a little bit of a leg up on the Bruins in, in the short term, at the very least. All right, Scotty, great stuff as always, sir. Have a happy St. Paddy's Day, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Andy. All right, Scott Cullen from tsn.ca. All his great work Monday to Friday there, tsn.ca. He tweets it out on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. So that'll do it for us. If you miss any of the show, Carlo Koliakovo, James Harding, Cullen, Yost, you can subscribe on iTunes to get that, the tsn1050.ca show page, as well as on Twitter, at TSN Analytics, at AndyMC81. So for producer Sean Lavery, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN Hockey Analytics on TSN 1050. Happy St. Patrick's Day.